You are listening to the Hub and Spoken Travel Show. And this is your host, Sandra Thomas Commonall. In the last few episodes, we have been talking about Istanbul. We learned about the basics of transversing the city and a few of the major sites. In this episode, we will walk in the footsteps of sultans at Topkapi Palace and Gulhani Park. Istanbul is an absolutely fabulous city. It's almost like San Francisco, but with a European flair and a touch of spice. There is so much history in Istanbul and throughout Turkey. Istanbul was founded as Byzantium in 660 BC and renamed as Constantinople in 330 AD. However, Neolithic artifacts indicate that Istanbul's historic peninsula was settled as far back as the 6th millennium BC. The city grew in size and importance as a prominent stop along the Silk Road, as Istanbul straddles the Bosphorus Strait that connects the Marmara Sea and the Black Sea. Today, Istanbul is Turkey's largest city with over 15 million people and is the country's economic, cultural, and historic center. One really cool fact is that the city of Istanbul occupies space on both the European and Asian continents. While the historic center lies on the European side, it is an easy ferry ride across the Bosphorus to the Asian side. In this episode, we'll head to Topkapi Palace in Gulhani Park to walk in the footsteps of sultans. Dating back to the 15th century, Topkapi Palace was the imperial residence of Ottoman sultans for almost 400 years. Nestled in the old town, the palace is surrounded by unmissable attractions. One great nearby attraction is Gulhani Park. Gulhani Park is one of the oldest and most expansive parks in Istanbul, and is adjacent to and technically on the grounds of the Topkapi Palace, as it was once part of the outer garden of the palace. The park is central to the old town and offers a much-needed respite and oasis from the hustle and bustle of Istanbul. Gulhani Park is a lovely, tranquil place with tall trees, beautiful flower beds, chirping birds, water features, castle walls, and sites of special interest such as the Museum of Islamic Technology. It is popular with locals, couples, and families. Gulhani Park is a great place to rest before or after your visit to the palace. Stroll through the grounds or grab a simit from the local vendor and enjoy it on a park bench. Simit is a circular bread with sesame seeds. It is a common breakfast item in Turkey. There are often vendors right outside the park gates. And then on to Topkapi Palace. The line here can be quite long, so try to get here in the early morning or purchase a museum pass. The museum pass is especially valuable if you plan to visit several sites on the list. A few things to note. The entrance ticket to Topkapi Palace is separate from the entrance ticket to the palace harem. To visit the harem, you will need to purchase both tickets. If the palace is one of the many sites on your list to tick off, the palace itself offers plenty to see. The ticket doesn't come with a guided tour, so you can choose to rent the recorded audio, do it alone, or hire a guide. There are many guides that hang out in front of the ticket booth. Find one that you like and agree on the price, or hire a guide for a day of sightseeing prior to arrival for an inclusive experience. The ticket line and entrance is within the first courtyard. For the grand entrance, enter through the Imperial Gate on Council Street. This street was used for imperial processions during the Byzantine and Ottoman era and leads directly to Hagia Sophia. 
The first courtyard is through the Imperial Gate and before the Gate of Salutation. The ticketed entrance to the second courtyard of Topkapi Palace. The first courtyard functioned as an outer park and is the largest of all the courtyards of the palace. The structures that remain in the first courtyard are the former Imperial Mint, the Church of Hagia Irene, and various fountains. There are beautiful views of the Bosphorus Strait from here. For those that are not interested in the inner workings of the palace, may choose to enter only the first courtyard, take pictures of the Imperial Gate and the Gate of Salutation, then be on their way. The second gate is called the Gate of Salutation because everyone had to salute the Sultan before going through. It is very castle-esque in style and in defense use. It reminds you of European influence of the time, as it was built in the mid-16th century. After you have gotten your tickets and hired your guide, you can proceed through the Gate of Salutation to the second courtyard, not forgetting to salute the Sultan as you pass through. For those that have toured several castles in Europe, you will be surprised that Topkapi Palace is not one connected palace, but a series of pavilions, kitchens, barracks, audience chambers, kiosks, and sleeping quarters built around a central enclosure. Inside the second courtyard, you will see the palace kitchens to your right with the tall chimneys. This series of buildings is a can't-miss with exhibitions of kitchen utensils, Chinese and Japanese porcelain collections, cooking implements, and my favorite, an entire exhibition of the history and preparation of Turkish coffee. The palace kitchens offers insight into what daily life was like for the royalty that lived here in a very unique way. In the second courtyard, you will also find the entrance to the harem, the imperial council, and the imperial treasury with its arms collection. The arms collection is considered the largest of Islamic arms in the world, with artifacts that span 1300 years. There are a couple of vendors in this courtyard, so take a moment to rest with a cup of coffee or a snack in a quiet arcade outside of the palace kitchens, before heading through the Gate of Felicity into the third courtyard. When you enter the third courtyard, the first building is the audience hall, where the Sultan received foreign ambassadors. Here you will also find the library and the treasury, which has many interesting items, including relics of St. John the Baptist. The fourth courtyard was more of an innermost private sanctuary of the Sultan and his family, and consists of a number of pavilions, kiosks, gardens, and terraces. Throughout your tour of Topkapi Palace, pay close attention to the intricate mosaics, ornate decorations, and beautiful Iznik tiles that decorate the interior. Look around the gardens and courtyards, listen to the birds, gaze over the golden horn and the Bosphorus, and imagine the lives of the sultans that have lived and ruled from this place. This enormous palace was the imperial residence of Ottoman sultans for almost 400 years. Although much of the palace is not accessible, the daily tours of the harem are of great interest to tourists. With so many unmissable attractions within a mere stroll of each other, and all set around the site of an ancient Byzantine hippodrome, Sultan Ahmet is an overwhelmingly popular tourist destination, and a prime location for visitors to be wowed on a truly epic scale. Beyond the wonders of the Blue Mosque, Hagia Sophia, Topkapi Palace, and more, this relatively small area of Istanbul somehow manages to retain an air of peace and calm.
It offers visitors a significantly less celebrated but nonetheless pleasant network of quaint lanes and side streets, majestic panoramas over the Bosphorus, ancient city walls that are still intact, and an impressive assortment of accommodation options for all budgets and tastes. Topkapi Palace and the Harem are likely to have more colorful stories than most of the world's museums put together. A visit to the palace's opulent pavilions, jewel-filled treasury, and sprawling harem gives a fascinating glimpse into their lives and the daily life of the Ottoman Empire. Just a few wrapping up notes on Ottoman architecture. The Ottoman Empire assumed control of Turkey in the 14th century through the 20th century. The Ottomans achieved high levels of architectural excellence, mastering the technique of building vast inner spaces confined by seemingly weightless domes. And though there were many styles of construction during the Ottoman Empire, two main influences are noted. Ottomans built on both the Islamic and Byzantine Christian traditions to produce their own grand and harmonious style. Ottomans used geometric designs, rich materials such as colored stone, exotic woods, gold, and mother-of-pearl to make magnificence. Ottoman architects designed homes, palaces, bridges, clock towers, bazaars, arsenals, dry docks, and other important civil works. But the great imperial mosques are their most impressive and enduring monuments. In the next episode, we will head to the Blue Mosque and Hagia Sophia. Thank you for listening to the Hub and Spoken Travel Show. This is your host, Sandra thomas Commonall. If you are enjoying this podcast, give me a shout out, like it, share it, follow it, and review it. Also, if you enjoy my style but want to learn more about marketing, check out my Behavioral Economics and Marketing podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Audible, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and wherever podcasts are played.